You're listening to The Growth Sequence, a new age podcast for women to gain confidence, improve relationships, and find peace of mind through understanding their thoughts and emotions. Jillian Perrick is a master's graduate, life coach, and lady boss of her coaching and consulting company, Northern Resolutions. Time for some rosé and realization, ladies. Here's Jillian. Happy Monday, everybody. I know that happy and Monday don't really go hand in hand, but today is actually a holiday in Canada. So um, I do work shift work, so that doesn't really apply to me, but today I had off anyways. And I was off on Saturday and Sunday and enjoyed the lake and the sun, spent time with friends and my family. So I had a great long weekend. Thank you for asking. And the title of this episode is about happiness, and it says, Happiness is a Mood. And it is definitely a reference to One Tree Hill, which is my favorite show. And I can do what I want, so I can reference whatever show I want. So for those of you who don't know, One Tree Hill is a teen soap opera that started in, like, 2003 and ran until 2012. In an episode from season 8, one of the main characters talks about happiness as a mood. And today, I wanted to talk to you about overestimating future satisfaction levels and why it's so important to focus on ways in which you can find joy out of now rather than wait for later. Because while time passing is imminent, if your attitude stays the same, later will always seem out of reach. So have you ever been waiting on a job or wanted to reach your goal weight or accomplish something that you were so certain was going to make you deliriously happy and everything would feel better? And when it did happen, you were kind of like, meh. All of your problems were still there. Everything was the same. You weren't filled with the enthusiasm that you thought you would be. And then you look to the next temporary fulfillment that you are certain will give you the satisfaction that you need. This is because external circumstances do not create our happiness. We're going to jump right into it real deep here. If you lack self-confidence and believe you are not beautiful, and you are thoroughly convinced that losing weight will make you feel more beautiful, you'll find that once you reach your goal weight, you are still faced with the same insecurities. You just might like how you look more in bathing suits, but that doesn't mean that you're happy. The solution of one problem is just the creation of another. My job in which I work four on four off means half the year I have to work on weekends, which blows. But a Monday to Friday job would mean only two days off a week and not as much downtime as my shift work schedule. So while I believe I would be happier with weekends off, I am forgetting the creation of the problem of having less me time, which would possibly mean a decrease in my life satisfaction when I was so certain that a Monday to Friday would solve all of my problems. Remember, the solution of one problem is just the creation of another. This brings me to impact bias, which is the over or underestimation of the emotional impact a situation will have on us. It causes us to make decisions around those thoughts so as to act on or avoid these situations in which we believe will make us feel better or worse. This means that sometimes we may act in ways that actually do not optimize our happiness. We make assumptions based on how we think we would deal with adversity, and you'd be surprised to know that we often underestimate ourselves and our resiliency. Take a horrible situation like a family member passing away. If you believe yourself to not be a very resilient person, you may think that you would suffer greatly from the passing of this person. And you may, but you also may underestimate how resilient you will be a year after this person has passed. And while this is a horrible situation to think about, research declares it to be true time and time again. Similar to discussing comparison, 
Wilson on the last podcast, many people frequently look to the future or to material possessions or external circumstances to make themselves happy. The problem with this is that your mindset will always be the same if you're not actively engaging with your thoughts and why you're having them. So even if you get to go on that fancy vacation or if you buy the Kate Spade purse, you are only addressing surface level needs. But are you truly happy? Again, we do things and say things and buy things because of our thoughts that tell us we will be happy when we have them, even if it looks like something different. For example, I used to have this problem with obsessing over skincare products, so I would read reviews about different face creams because I had a touch of rosacea and wanted to rid myself of it. So I would scroll on Sephora and see all of these reviews from people and how happy they were with the product, and I would think, oh, I can't wait to buy this, I need it. Because if I start using it, it might clear up my rosacea, which would make my makeup look better, which would make me more confident, which would make me feel more validated by others, which would make me happy. See where I'm going with this? Even if it's under a pile of layers, we all just want to feel happiness. I now make it a point when considering purchases or doing something to unwrap the layers in which my motivation lies and ultimately come into the question of, will it make me happy? Now, I know that there are certain things that we need. We need food. We need to buy a couch for our living room. We need a lot of things. But ultimately, I'm talking about bigger purchases, things that we think will make us happy that we don't necessarily need. But here's the thing. Happiness ebbs and flows. You may experience many things that make you happy, but you are a human. At least I hope you're a human. I really hope that bots aren't listening to this podcast. And humans feel more than just happiness. They feel sadness, anger, and other emotions. Just like how we may see the highlight reel of someone's life through social media, we have an idealistic view of how we're supposed to feel every day. And our emotions can range throughout the day because of situations or experiences we have. You could be feeling great until something happens at work that flips your mood, like a rude coworker or a rude customer. And this can turn into an act of personal shaming as well. Why don't I feel happy right now? Is my life shitty? What will make me feel better? This is when we reach for temporary fulfillments that we think will contribute to permanent happiness. Just like my example that I've used before about purchasing something when I felt like it would make me happy or when I saw somebody with it that looked happy, in that moment, I might feel anxiety, sadness, anger, and I'm thinking that, okay, I'm going to be happy later and this is what's going to achieve that. But if we stopped thinking about happiness as a permanent state of being, I guarantee we would find more of it. There are many times that I experience happiness with my partner, and then there are times when we fight or make each other mad, but that doesn't take away from our happy experiences. Positive emotions are a solid base in which we can build and fall back on when we feel negative emotions. Our relationship to ourselves plays an important role in our happiness over time. When you are accepting of yourself, negative emotions look less like a game of shame and more so like a speed bump on your journey. Our brains also absorb and retain the information that we give it. They're based on how we use them, aka the thoughts that we have. Neurons build connections whenever they are used, and these neurons are strengthened each time we have certain thoughts. In its entirety, the more positive you think, the more positive you feel, and you will become more predisposed to feel this way. It sounds simplistic, but focusing on the positive even when something negative happens prepares your brain for future situations to come and will strengthen those neurons for better experiences. I recently read Brendan Burchard's High Performance Habits, and in this he talks about each morning when he's in the shower, he thinks about what he might experience that day and how he may react to it. Not only does this decrease emotional reactivity, it also prepares him for any situation or circumstance that may come up and helps him control his emotions and his thoughts about these situations. Now, I'm not saying that you can predict everything that's going to happen to you. What I'm saying is that you can choose to think positively about 
the situations that you might have. For example, I recently just participated in an interview process and what I did beforehand was think about all the ways in which my life would be greater served by doing this interview. This helped offset a lot of my anxious feelings because I also thought about if I didn't get the job, what are the good things that come from this? I would get to remain on my four on four off, which means I have plenty of me time. Um, I really like the job that I'm in. I like the people that I work with. So this was kind of a preparation for my mind that would help myself feel more at ease if the outcome wasn't what I had expected or wasn't a positive outcome. While looking to the future keeps us hopeful and striving for better, it is important to find meaning and positivity in your life now. Constantly looking to the future for greater satisfaction will only diminish positive experiences that you are currently having and will prevent you from living your life. If you think that you can only start living when you have more money or meet the right partner or lose the right amount of weight, your perception will be skewed even when you meet that goal you've created in your mind. Because you're so used to looking forward and waiting for the right time to be happy, you're your mind won't be able to register it and will continue to look for something better. Yes, external factors such as an intimate relationship and our outer appearance have an impact on how we think, but you must think of these things as fluidly as you think of happiness. There are highs and there are lows, and this doesn't mean that the lows will last forever or that the highs will either. To recap, we should avoid trying to crystal ball our lives and act according to that, waiting on the next thing to bring us happiness. While we cannot fully predict how we're going to feel about future events, even the happy ones, take a note from Brenda Burchard in thinking positively ahead of time. This will impact and improve your attitude and will decrease emotional reactivity in the moment. And in that moment, focus on the now. Find the joy in your life now. Even if you're nowhere where you thought you'd be and know that you have the potential to be so much more, you can acknowledge that there's room for improvement and still enjoy what you're doing now. If you're renting and feel like you should have bought a house by now, enjoy the lessened responsibility and reduction in bills. Similar to my shift work life, I know that there will be a time where I'll have a 9 to 5 in my organization and I'll miss the extended free time. Remember the solution of one problem is just the creation of another. Try to find joy in your everyday and tell yourself that happiness will come and go just like every other emotion that you feel. Free yourself from the constraints of feeling like happiness is a destination rather than a mood that comes and goes. And now, some gelosity. A quote from Abraham Lincoln, folks are usually about as happy as they make up their minds to be. And that was your episode about happiness. I hope you enjoyed this just as much as I hope you've enjoyed your weekend. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Growth Sequence with me, Jillian Perrick. In this week's podcast description, you can access my social media links as well as my website and contact information. Send me an email and reference the Growth Sequence podcast in which you can receive a free discovery call if you're interested in one-on-one coaching. Make sure to subscribe here on Apple Podcasts or my SoundCloud page and don't forget to rate and review. Thank you and keep coming back for more insightful episodes about life, love, and work.